0: Welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate.
1: Head on, eyes down, and a little bit of blood on a blue nightgown. Head strong, but her hands a cold. She'll only do the opposite of what she is told.
0: Everyone, and welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast. That was Kel Adore with Fool for the Pain. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you guys doing?
2: Hello. Why do you always go Carl and Greg? Why don't you want to say one time, say Greg and Carl?
0: Because it's not alphabetically correct.
2: <laughs>
0: and, and, it's going ha- and, alphabetical? and it's how I see you in Zencaster.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Carl that's and Greg. Carl actually, Greg. Actually, you see it, Carl, Greg? I see Greg, Carl, Nicole.
0: See, and I see Nicole, Carl, Greg.
2: I see Carl on the Greg.
0: <laughs> so I guess wow. we all must be at the top.
3: Lessons right. on Zencaster.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Anyway, so yeah, I like I like um that song. Very again, very 80s. That whole you know keyboard bump bump, it's very 80s to me. It's interesting, even towards the end. It's funny because all the new Kate Bush, you know, was that
3: midsection or that that kind of bridge section towards the end? Very uh, Kate Bushy. Very Kate Bush, yeah.
2: Which yeah. is which is good, you know, you know, um,
3: melody wise and like kind of vocal inflection.
2: And some yeah. of the words are cool, yeah, she's very yeah. cool. I, I like her.
3: And those those uh, there are some vintage keyboard sounds in there. I can't call them out, but. At the beginning is very vintage,
0: and I was going right. to say what I liked about it is I can see it in a in like a club for summer, people just dancing to it and having a good time. And if this came out in like the two thousands when it was my clubbing days, I would have loved to be able to like dance with this. So are there
2: cl- are there clubbing days now?
0: I don't know, but I would hope so. I know I sound sounds
2: so dated, but do they still still have raves? <laughs>
0: I mean, probably.
2: <laughs> I
3: think they call them something different now, but but like you know, story. now now it's
2: not even X anymore. Now it's Molly, right? Is they got out,
3: they got outlawed in uh, like the UK and. What others. is a rave? I think it was just an excuse to kind of chill and listen to music and experiment with uh, i never liked dancing i thought it was
2: i I sweat too much i get you know who wants to go out and like do calisthenics you know it's like especially those clubs they are hot they're damp what's
3: the name of that club in the 90s that infamous club i went to it several times The church Uh, the old church it it was in the church yeah which one was that carl
2: the limelight
0: oh i'm actually
2: limelight the
3: limelight
0: I've been there.
2: I've been to limelight. I've been I, I've actually been to 54, you know, in in the 70s, you know. Wow. Ooh.
3: And you accused me of having uh, well, swingers you, I was so <laughs> I
2: was so not like uh, one of those kind of guys, but I used to have this blonde girlfriend, right? She was she was pretty, and she had this blonde sister, right? <laughs> it was even prettier. So one day, the three of us went. And I used to have like long, a
3: circus act going <laughs> in. I
2: used to have I used to have long brown hair, right? Really, you know, really long, like you know, to my mid chest, you know. And anyway, you were picked. And we yeah. we were there, so I was just this guy with long hair with these two blonde chicks who were really all done up. He goes, "You three, come on!" So we were allowed in. So I was picked to come in oh, fifty four. Yeah. I just did crazy. I, I just stood. That's how they the, did it. Yep. I just stood in the corner, hated it. You know, I think a drink was like a hundred dollars.
3: Exactly.
2: You know, nobody famous there because like a Tuesday, it wasn't like there was no Truman Capote or Bianca Jagger. It was like just a bunch of nobodies. You know. <laughs> I love it. But uh-huh. I've been there. I've been to Fifty Four, so I can say I was there.
0: That's yep. cool. See, and I I remember there was this one club. I think it was out in either Port Jeff or Patchogue. Um, but the Viper room and you would have to stand online and they'd have to let you in and
3: unaffiliated with the sunset. No, Yeah. yeah,
0: uh, Very unaffiliated with the Viper room in LA. I've never been there. Um, But I remember being like going out with my girlfriends who lived in Comac and us having to wait online and being picked to go in and, um, there were some nights we weren't and there were some nights we were. so how like
2: degrading what's it's, it's I guess we've grown a little bit, I don't think that that wouldn't even be allowed now, could you?
0: Probably not. <laughs> I mean most <laughs> people yeah. probably buy their tickets online to get in now.
3: I think they still do it they do it through you know like these odd uh discretionary dress codes and things cuz they, they still had those cuz
2: those guys cuz those guys those bouncer guys those doormen yeah. they were like yeah. these heralded jobs being a, yeah. being the doorman of mm-hmm. these clubs cuz like you know you know they sit there and check ID and like um
3: well and people of questionable moral uh morals would uh, actually do favors to get in right yeah Oh, totally i, I so, wasn't
2: i wasn't doing that This is a no. stupid just a stupid story about a bouncer you got
3: in on looks alone yeah.
2: In Baldwin, Long Island, was to play this club called Blackbeards. Right, you know, drinking was eighteen back then. When mm-hmm. I was eighteen, so we goes to go in, and there was this guy at the door, man. He was like a, a real like you know mutthead, you know. But he was this great guy. I forget his name was like you know Bruce or Brian. I forget his name, <laughs> but like, or I you'd get online to get in the club. and You'd hear like, "Give me an ID, five dollars, five dollar cover <laughs> ID." Oh, for like for twenty minutes while you're waiting to get in, because the place was always packed on the weekends, you know. um, it was like $5 ID, $5 ID, five, right? So that that was, anyway, so that was years. About three years later, you know, this guy Bruce disappeared from Blackbeards, right? I wonder what happened to Bruce, right? So anyway, I go to this place, you know, in Islip, in about three years later called Chevy's, right? Which is this bigger club out in Long Island, right? <laughs> I, as I'm on the line, I hear, I hear at the door. I go, $10, double ID. <laughs> the Same guy. Dude hey, shows bro. up. You yeah, yeah. got a better job, but, they, but now it's like two, double ID. You got to show two, <laughs> two forms of ID and $10. Yeah, and,
3: and double the cover too, right? right, right. He's so, moving up it, in the world. It, right? it That's funny.
0: funny <laughs>
2: I was never a club guy, really. Occasionally, I would go, yeah. like I said, because of girlfriends yeah. I've dated. But I was an old man bar guy. I used to love sitting in dumpy bars, talking to old <laughs> <Me> dudes <too. laughs> about life and, like, you know, you know. I, I, there was this great place I used to hear in, in Rockville Center. This club, and right by the train station, right. This like the uh, rehearsal hall, and right down the block by the under the tra- under the train trestle was this uh, subway or tab- or whatever. I used to go there after, like every after rehearsal, people would leave. I'd be there till three in the morning. They used to serve paps out of cans. That's, <laughs> kind, that's what of kind of bar this was, you know, and uh, you'd never meet anybody. they like, you know, somebody's grandmother was there drinking with, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> really. But you'd meet all these old dudes and stuff. And I used to love it. That's where I used to go.
0: I actually have to agree with Carl. I loved it too growing up. My grandfather actually owned one of those in Belmore. So we would always oh, go there. what was the
2: name? What I was probably the was name? there.
0: It was um, – <laughs> I'm waiting for my dad to text me back. But it was, it was either called like Ed's Bar or Forte's oh, or something. I Like I can't remember because it's been – like many actually decades since he's owned it. And, um, it's been in the family, but like we would go there and we would play pool and we would talk to everyone and everyone knew everyone. And it was like the start of the Memorial day parade. You would walk past it and everyone would be there. So (laughs) we've uh, talked,
3: we've talked about this before. We've talked about the, uh, uh, that, that book that was so influential for me in the eighties, it's called a view from nowhere. Where it's like basically this endearing look at bar culture, and this guy talks about you know how you can tell if you're in a real bar or not, and it it was very funny book. It's out of print now. It's been out of print for years, but he had things like you know if there's a living plant in there, it's probably not a real bar.
2: When I was a kid, I guess I was around probably around five or six. I remember this, you know, and uh, we're out in Queens. My mother was at my grandmother's house, my grandmother's brother, my uncle Red. Take me for a haircut, right? This is around 11 o'clock in the morning. You know, my mother's there with, you know, sitting with her grandmother in the kitchen. Two o'clock, three o'clock, five o'clock. I'm not coming. I'm not home. She goes, what the hell's Red with, Carl, with, with, with the kid? Did they get a haircut? What are they doing? So she finally goes down to the barbershop, right? And, and she goes, excuse me, hi. Did my uncle, Red, come in here with my son <laughs> to get a haircut? She goes... Oh, yeah, he came in around 11 o'clock. There was too much of a line, so they left. <laughs> he goes, so anyway, she drives around. There's this local bar in the corner right by the Belt Parkway you know and i'm sitting there my uncle red is drunk at the bar with his head down and just out right i'm there like at the bowling machine where you slide that bowling thing you know like that stupid with the <laughs> <Yeah. sodas. laughs>
3: and the pins fly up right
2: eating, eating <laughs> peanuts because everyone just kept giving me sodas for free and like i'm having a great time i'm, I'm having the best day in the world
3: did you ever play any of those bars
2: Oh yeah! Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah.
3: It's like it's they like, were the best. I played one in Charleston, Indiana, one time, and they they literally had a little stage that was covered in tin foil, and they had like two of those like lights that spun spun around, and they had the four colors you used to use them on the aluminum Christmas trees. You know, they had mm-hmm. two of those like kind of nailed onto the sides of the stage so that. The stage would change color, covered in that tinfoil. unbelievable.
2: There was a place called the trolley stop down the block from my friend's house, and like he asked me, "Can you guys get a band together and play like New Year's Eve at this bar? They'll pay you each like fifty dollars a man. big party. I go, we can do it. So I got my friend Steve, but we put this together this band. You auditioned like on this Thursday night, like in November, right? And we went down there. All our friends came down. It was a big thing. The guy loved us. He goes, yeah, you got the gig. New Year's Eve, man. You know, you, you got the gig. It'd be great. So anyway, New Year's Eve comes. Steve's mother, because we're seniors in high school. Steve's mother wouldn't let him go. Bob's mother wouldn't let him. Nobody's <laughs> mother let them go. So basically, it's me. And like, I, there's no band. So there's this friend of mine called Bob Sweet. I remember him. He played a, he had a world's a piano, right? So we learned oh, wow. a couple of songs. All of a sudden, and I just started I just started dating this girl Sharon. I remember this is so bad. Anyway, <laughs> so we go down to this thing. We knew like a couple of Beatles songs, and then we knew Sonny. Sunny, yesterday that song Sunny. Yeah. So anyway. So, anyway so, so all of a sudden, like during like, you know, the second set, I go out in the back in my car with my girlfriend. I'm out there for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so so Bob Sweet's playing sunny <laughs> literally for an hour and a half. He's had to play. Fourteen play. verses. <laughs> 14 yeah verses <laughs> <of> sunny. <laughs> sunny. Anyway, at the end of it, at the end of it, you know, it was just me and him. It was no band, no drummer, just a guitar and, and a world a At the end of it, so the guy goes over to the guy goes, Okay, so how'd we do? He goes, What are you talking about? He goes, Uh we gonna get paid? He goes are You kidding me? <laughs> he goes, "You're lucky you ate." <laughs> Get out of here!
3: Oh, it, Get out of here! But it was
2: one of those duppy bars. It was so good, man. But I'll never forget. Did you ever? That.
3: Did you ever play one? I mean, it's kind of a cliche, but you see it sometimes in old B movies. Did you ever play one of those places that had chicken wire up to protect the band? No, no,
2: no. no we were always New York. We were like, yeah.
3: yeah this is this. Is, maybe maybe there's a there's a, a bunch of those bars down south but i actually played in one there was one in murfreesboro like in the movie roadhouse like a few years yeah it's like a roadhouse thing kind of a biker bar roadhouse thing i played one set in a place it was called the 7 this is so bizarre it's like a biker bar roadhouse with the you know with the just the most suspect people in it but the name of the bar was the seven percent solution. Yeah, I played in a little rockabilly band called the uh, called Rock Therapy and we had we had a trio. we were good but you know they literally had the chicken wire up and I thought is somebody literally going to throw a bottle at this <laughs> stage because I don't know if I'm in for the 20 bucks.
2: Those were the days man. Mm-hmm.
0: So Carl, did you ever frequent EJ's pub in Belmore? That was the name of it. EJ's,
3: yeah, EJ's. Do you remember being in there, Nicole?
0: Oh yeah, do you remember going there. I do because I remember um, my grandfather passed away in two thousand four. I was born at eighty six, and I mean I remember going up there probably through like 1996, 98 maybe. So
3: those taverns are great. They're really great.
2: I'll tell you. I got to change the subject a little bit, but uh, I um I was just I was listening to How It's Turned Today, and I saw this. I love his interviews, you know, He and he had this two-hour interview with Harry Styles. I have to admit, I, I, I like Harry Styles. I You know, I, he's got a do couple of good songs. Do you but like I,
0: his new album that he came out with? Uh,
2: I, I like him more than I like his music. He's like mm-hmm. one of the biggest stars in music. I just like him. He, he, he just seems like, you know, natural and the way he just keeps, he just, I just like how he handled himself for two hours talking to Howard Stern. And he's Is funny. he writing? Yeah, he writes oh, that yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. He writes that stuff, so uh, so I'll I'm officially, you know.
0: Out. So did he write Watermelon Sugar High? Because that yeah, like, really. He wrote
2: Sign of the Times, which I love that song. Actually, it's kind of.
0: And so, what's the new one now? That oh, hold on, let me look that daylight up. Is daylight, daylight, and then uh, as it was. There's another one too that's like the title's super long. Hold on, let me look it up. So really I wonder fun.
3: how long before he becomes like John Mayer and he actually starts. Well, John to Mayer was other- on
0: his record. He talks
2: about John Mayer. They talk Gosh, about John Mayer.
0: See, we have to get John Mayer on now because we're talking about him without any other person telling us.
2: <laughs> well, he's one
3: of those people that was influenced by John Mayer too.
0: Yeah. I liked him, I thought he was a cool guy. Anyway, so we have another one by. Um, Calador? We do have another one by Kellador. Let's hear from Kellador's PR company, which is Core PR, before we hear her latest single, which is Happy Again. This episode features an artist from Core Public Relations. Core Public Relations is a Los Angeles and Nashville-based public relations and marketing firm. They represent clients working in entertainment, health and wellness, politics, and fashion. With social media strategies as well as tried and shrewd public relations tactics, they consistently deliver powerful and effective campaigns to ensure client success. To learn more, go to corepr.com. That is K-O-R-E-P-R.com. Couple of
1: lovers out by the dark, hand in hand and Wouldn't stop Under what he said Into her ear Stolen touch At a table for two That was the kind of thing That we used to do But that was all before That you're gonna do Broke our trust for someone new
0: like her voice a lot actually i like the production of that too like
3: that's more r&b than the first one
2: her voice i like i like the rhythmic the way it's rhythmic the way it it's percussive the way and also the way she sings words well you know which is very important Mm -hmm. well you always
3: talk about that
2: well she sings them well and like and, and and every line's kind of right her pitch is great you know her so yeah i like her voice a lot i like the tone of it and yeah you know Wish her a lot of uh, success, actually.
3: I was bobbing my head. Here yeah, at the, me too. Uh, World headquarters.
0: Well, and the funny thing is, so these are her only two singles so far. So she is going to be releasing an EP later this year. Does she right? Where's she stuff? from? Um, she's in LA right now. I think she's writing these. Uh, she's definitely more of a songwriter who likes to like tell a story. So, but we spoke to her. So, do we want to get to know her a little bit more? Yeah. All right, Carl, you ready for our questions of the week?
3: Carl was right on
0: Yeah. The <laughs> so the first question we asked Kel is to tell us a little bit about herself.
4: Hi, what's up? I'm Kel Adore. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me today. And I'm a pop artist based in Los Angeles, California. So it's been almost a year now that I've lived here. Um, but originally, I kind of grew up moving around. And I would say Denver, Colorado is mostly what I claim as home. Um, also Florida, I kind of claim a little bit because I did live there and also all of my family's from there. So got some of the mountains, got some of the beach and now in California, it's nice cause I get a fun little mix of both. But um, yeah, I'm out here making pop music and I've been a songwriter, gosh, ever since I was really young. Like I couldn't even put an age to it cause I can't even remember. I've just always kind of made up little songs. And then probably when I was like seven, is when I really started to kind of put pen on paper. And that's a love and a passion that I've always had instilled inside of me. And I'm excited now that I get to share it on kind of a broader scale and on a more professional scale as well. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Well-spoken. Mm-hmm. Very well-spoken.
2: So... You, know, you know you know, my new thing I just can't stand, though? Hmm. You know my my new thing, my new, um, what I hate? Hmm. I hate reunions.
0: Why do you hate reunions?
2: I hate like like I just read that NSYNC. Is, is doing or the back Backstreet boys. boys, yep. They
0: were just in like Dallas, oh, a week ago, yeah,
3: entertainment reunions. Like, you i had know, visions it, of like fam- buckets of like chicken and potatoes. Oh, no, I, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. I don't
2: mind family reunions. No, I about it,
3: to say, it, it, say, I'm
0: gonna it, have a reunion like, in like two weeks. What do you hate like about that?
2: Music band reunions, like you, you break up and then, like, because what it is, you know what 90% of it is? Uh oh, right of money, let's go back to the well and see if we can catch in again. That's what it is. is the thing is, they it,
0: can, like, Backstreet boys inside. That's what I
2: hate about it. Backstreet Boys,
0: that's why I bet One Direction does that at some point.
2: The reason why friends hasn't done it is because Jennifer Aniston doesn't need to because she's had a great career. You know, like it's only if everyone's not the reason why NSYNC won't do it because Justin Timberlake did well by himself. Well, and Lance Bass
0: did well too. Like I did not really. I mean, he did well in terms of he's not singing, but he found a different type of career. So
2: exactly. Yeah, so like so, the Backstreet Boys nobody did it anything. Rarely were so let's get, let's get back together. Like you know, I don't know. It's like. <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, it begs the question: Do you have to break up in order to do to do the reunion? Yeah, I mean, if you
0: don't, because, because if you don't break, because a lot of
3: bands, up. a lot of bands are out there right now. We talked about it last week about Poison and some of these bands that haven't played in years that are now back out and but on I, the road. I wouldn't
0: call that a comeback. I would just call that playing together again. Like that's I don't not a know reunion. that they broke up. Yeah, I that's mean, not a I, reunion. Yeah. Like I, I like
2: the funniest thing I remember like um where like there was a big thing with the Eagles and like Glenn Fry said, Enough of this, I'll never get back together with Henley. It was a whole big thing. When right. Hell Freezes Over. That's what he said. When Hell Freezes Over. Then like in 2001, and I love that, that they remember, named it They <laughs> <laughs> called it <laughs> the Hell Freezes Over. <laughs> yeah, so now right. they did like Hell freezes Over four. <laughs> 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 it's like what again. Joke. At, at, at least, they, at least they admitted you. it. Yeah, but right. I don't know. Like, I also I know guys like m- my nephew's friend's father's like this rich guy out in Long Island, and he gets these tickets, he's backstage, do all these concerts and stuff. So they brought him to like this Boys to Cult show right in Long Island. You know, nobody from that show was in the original Blois to Cult. <laughs> See,
3: now that 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 stretches that stretches it considerably. And it also has to do with naming rights, too. I mean, most of those bands don't own the rights to the name, so they can't tour as that many. was the
2: whole thing with Roger Waters and Pink Floyd, mm-hmm. you know, where, where he sued You know, the other guys for going out as Pink Floyd without him. You know, yep. so oh, it's, it's, it's nutty. Well, so,
0: isn't that what Queen did with Adam Lambert, like bringing him in and a couple other people? Well, they, well,
2: well, well they're, they're, they're they're the remaining guys. I think Brian May and those guys deserved. They own Queen too. Yeah, yeah, Deacon
3: left the band like years ago. Well, and, he left uh, as soon
2: as the uh, memorial for Freddie Mercury. He was gone. Without mm-hmm, Freddie, it's done. Mm-hmm, He's right. Mm-hmm, Same thing mm-hmm. with Zeppelin. Without Bonham, it's done.
3: Yeah, I, I don't know about that, but uh, I mean Bonham was an extraordinary drummer. But no, as soon as uh,
2: Bonham left, they were done. Just the Stones and the Who, just like the Who, like you know, like you know. Like, but see, but the Beatles couldn't have done that. I don't think the Beatles—they can't be like John, Paul, George, and Tony. You know what <laughs> what <I mean? laughs> we asked
0: something we else. We did. Oh, we, we asked Kel a few more questions.
2: I know we go off on <laughs> tangents. I'm
0: sorry. it's fine. Um, so the second question we asked her is, what other music artists have inspired her career
4: so far? I'm inspired by so many artists, but I would say one lately that I've been appreciating extra is Vance Joy. I think the true magic was when I saw him in concert because I loved his music. He's got more of kind of like an acoustic indie kind of vibe. Um, But going to his concert, it was really cool how he took such simple kind of production and simple songwriting and simple music and just blew it out of the water and really like amped everything up live. So um, definitely love him and for his storytelling and just kind of this like sweet simplicity. Uh, but I also love like John Bellion, AJR, um, you know, people that have a lot more complex production as well. So really, it just kind of depends on the day and then who I'm listening to. So I've never heard of
0: Vance Joy. I just looked him up. He has like 17 million listeners a month on his Spotify. And he's an awesome. Yeah, he's
2: like he's one of those. He's like one of those kind of post Malone dudes yeah. like you know like a lot of people know about him I've heard people talk about him before sometimes people just tend to gravitate towards these like quirky people
0: well and I know for Kel too from what I have read about her she's very much more into the storytelling aspect of music and not necessarily like what's trendy and, and what she needs to do in order to like bring into it oh <laughs>
2: No stories.
0: (laughs) But no, that's kind of who she- No more. I
2: I hate songs with stories. (laughs) Uh, Uh, You want a a story? Read a book. (laughs) Watch a movie.
0: But that's who she tends to gravitate towards in at least um, what I've read about her, like that inspire her. Like That is is something that she will go towards more than like a Harry Styles. Right. Um, Did she answer our last question? Oh, she did first one to answer
4: our new our new question. question
0: of the week um, is if you could change one thing in the music industry, what would it be?
4: Ooh, this is a good question. I think if there was one thing I would change about the music industry, it would be just to find a better way on how to connect the fans to the artists that they truly would love and truly connect with. Because there is so much music out there, there are so many artists. But also there are so many fans and I really think there's room for everybody. But what's difficult is just sifting through and trying to find kind of your people. And I think what does tend to happen is these big major label artists. I mean, obviously they're there for a reason. They're very talented and they're hardworking, um, but they also get all of the marketing dollars and they have access to teams of people and they get so much, I guess, resources kind of at their disposal that... They're able to place their music in front of the average person really conveniently. And then the average person just goes, oh, okay, like this is what's in front of me. I'm happy with it. Done and done. But I think that if there was a way to connect those fans with other, you know, maybe more obscure or independent artists, that there would be kind of opportunity for deeper connection there. And I don't have the answer on how to do that, but I I do think it would be cool because truly there's a fan for everything and there's an artist for everyone. Discovery.
2: She's talking about what we've talked about all the time.
4: Greg, I feel like she's speaking up your alley too, especially
0: with like obscure different types of genres and finding fans for it.
3: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I have become, I mean, I'm continually impressed over the last few weeks with my little experiment with Spotify, because it seems as if the algorithm that Spotify uses to play you things and add songs to your playlist from your original search, it does really, really well when you go deep in the first place and when you basically look for something rather obscure first off it will play it for you but then i think the algorithm is thinking pretty clearly on okay well what is this like and what can i play this person that they'll they'll be into i talk about it here all the time it's no secret i'm into some very strange what's called exotica music most of it is vintage most of it was made in the 50s and 60s, and it's orchestrated. I'm talking about Les Baxter. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff. When you put Les Baxter in Spotify, it's amazing the number of recordings that come up that I've never heard of before. And so I'm thinking that that algorithm can be smart with regard to independent artists.
0: But I think that's also a call to like the audience and the fans to not get so complacent in what you're listening to and maybe take a deep dive one day and explore some things that maybe you would be interested in.
3: Hey, uh, by the way, um, you, you were mentioning earlier, the idea that you no more, what'd you say? No more reunions or, and then we kind of, we morphed into comebacks. Um, I saw a really fun movie uh, over the weekend. We always talk about movies we've seen. Uh, it's rare that I see a movie that I like that I pay five ninety nine for on uh, Amazon Prime, but the unbearable weight of massive talent. Have you seen this? No. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's uh, it it would. It's my definition of a romp, uh, and it's Nicolas Cage. And the reason I thought of it is that we were talking about comebacks, and that's a theme, uh, underlying theme of the movie, is I'll, I'll make a comeback, not that I ever went anywhere. That's what he always says.
2: Like right. He's kind of goofing on himself in a way, right?
3: Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely the entire movie he's playing himself. And it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I've heard I of it. I think I
2: might it. check it out. Yeah. yeah we've been it babbling. It's, it's getting, it's, let's get over it. Let's get done.
0: So the last couple of weeks, I'm sure our listeners have noticed. Probably not. Um, but we have not <laughs> heard from our unofficial official sponsor, Bongo Java. So why don't we take a second to hear from them and then we'll come on back. This episode is officially unofficially sponsored by Bongo Java. Bongo Java, the birthplace of the 9420 podcast. While Bongo Java got its start a year earlier than 9420 in 1993, in 1994, Carl and Greg's relationship got started. And in 2020, Carl and Greg visited Bongo Java to create this podcast that you listen to. For more information on Bongo Java, go to bongojava.com.
2: Now get us out. Now get us out of here.
0: (laughs) All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 podcast. For all the links to everything that we spoke about, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later.